Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name's Joseph Toscano, and I'm hosting today's program. Look, I've just got a letter from the Attorney General, the Victorian Attorney General, which I've just looked at. Talk about double talk. I'll talk about it next week. I'm just amazed. I am just amazed how these people are so obstructive. But I assume that's what the law is there for, to be obstructive. Now, if you wonder what anarchy is all about, no, it's not about letters from the Attorney-General. An anarchist society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power. That's direct democracy. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. That's when the microphone doesn't run away from you. Now, if you get called away, if you get called away today, don't despair. You can't listen to the program. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast for the next six to eight weeks by going to 3cr.org.au. Yes, it'll be more of the same, more of the same. Now, I'll start off with our public interest before corporate interests update. Now, there's a number of activities going on across the country. Now, look, you've got a number of options in life. You can listen, you can watch, or you can do something. Now, if you've been listening to, you know, the Anarchist World this week for the last, what, 37, 38 years, and you thought to yourself, well, it's time I did something, now's the time. Think about joining public interest before corporate interest. There was a public meeting uh, in Hastings in uh, Victoria, Last Sunday in the middle of winter, heavy rain, over 50 people attended uh, to listen and to ask questions about putting public interest before corporate interests. There's also a meeting north of the Yarra in Melbourne, which will be held on Sunday the 26th of July at between 1.30 and 3.30pm at the Jica Jica Community Centre in the Small Hall which is the corner of Plant and Union Street in Northcote, just opposite the West Gaff Station. Now, public interest before corporate interest has been formed for two reasons. One, to stand candidates in elections, and two, to act as a ginger group that uh, uses uh, non-violent direct action to 
on every issue put public interest before corporate interest. For example, there's been a big debate lately, hasn't there? Well, one of these manufactured debates we get every two days in the media. And uh, last week it was about Bill. This week it's about, you know, climate change and wind farms and renewable energy and the fact the current government doesn't like renewable energy because they've got, you know, the coal industry as deep pockets and uh, who knows whether they're financing the Liberal Party. Who knows these days who's financing who because we even saw the mafia. That's right. The Honoured Society. The Honoured Society helping the Liberal Party finances in the past, which is a, a great thing to see for a little bit of favours. That's right. When you ask, when you get money from the mafia, you always pay. So that's the dilemma, isn't it? We really don't know who's funding the major political parties. We do know that the Greens, to their credit, don't take donations from corporations. But as far as the ALP is concerned, the Alternative Liberal Party and the Liberal National Party is concerned, who knows who's funding these parties? And uh, considering the weight of scientific evidence, you know, about 99.974% in favour of human-induced greenhouse warming, you would think that the current government would jump at the chance of uh, being involved in activities to decrease greenhouse emissions, and uh, we don't see much of that happening. What we see is the sabotage of the renewable energy industry. So that's a question. What is in the public interest? Is it in the public interest for the major political parties to bend over every time the coal industry, you know, is under pressure? Or is it in the public interest to actually look at renewable energy. That's what public interest before corporate interest is all about. But it's not just you know, it's not just about the environment. But obviously the environment and carbon emissions is essential to our everybody's welfare, irrespective of our race, colour, gender, sexual orientation, the list goes on and on. So that's that, that's one issue. So public interest before corporate interest has actually been established to ensure that the interests of the people as a whole, that's the public, the people as a whole, is put before sectional interests, especially the interests of unaccountable corporations whose major responsibility is to make ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders, irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. You know, That's what public representatives should be about. They should be there to protect the interests of you, the public, not the interests of unaccountable corporations who bankroll them. Now, I know this is a bit tedious, and I'm sure you're sick and sick of hearing it, but unfortunately, and nobody else seems to be talking about this, and that's why we need to talk about it. I mean, why do 25 million people living on a continent find themselves in such a situation. Not all of us. About 10% are doing really, really well and about 1% are doing extraordinarily well. And when you've got a, a country which calls itself democratic, which actually has parliamentary elections, the local, has elections at the local, state and federal level with representatives who theoretically represent the interests of the people, 
and you look at some of the statistics that are around, you begin to wonder who's working, for, who's working for whom and why. Well, we may have a nominal parliamentary system, but the dilemma is real power no longer lies in Parliament. Real power lies in the boardrooms of unaccountable corporations, both locally owned and overseas owned. You know, I don't care what the colour of the boot is on my throat, whether it's a locally made boot or whether it's a boot that's been made overseas, what's important is I get that boot off my throat. And that's the thing. Because it's a public, because it's an Australian company acting in a bad way doesn't necessarily make it a, a good thing, does it? But getting back to what we were saying, so we have the seven richest people in this country own more assets and property than the poorest 40% of the population. So on one side of the ledger, you have seven. And then on the other side of the ledger, you've got 11.5 million. What's so fair and democratic about seven people having the wealth that 11.5 million have? This isn't, isn't in Bangladesh or sub-Saharan Africa or in Niger. This is, in the land of Oz, the land of opportunity for some. Then we have, on a daily basis, on a daily basis, we hear people talk about, where's the money? Where's the money? Look at the Greek situation. Where's the money gone? Where's the money? And when you understand the shipping sector, the most important part of the Greek economy, even before tourism, doesn't pay any tax legally, you begin to understand why the Greek people find themselves in the situation they currently find themselves. And we have a similar situation. And this similar situation was highlighted to me once again yesterday when the Australian Tax Office was bemoaning the fact that they have $35 billion of outstanding tax liabilities. That's $35 billion. And 60% of that $35 billion, that's about $18.5 billion, is owed to them by small business. And you think to yourself, small business owes them 60% of the outstanding tax liability, and then you extrapolate. Now, why is small business in Australia in such a difficult position? I mean, we hear the small business representatives crap on about the high cost of labour, about overtime rates, and there's this huge you know, initiative to get rid of overtime rates, which most Australian workers on minimum wages rely on to survive. And that seems to be the story from the small business sector. But how many times... Do you hear anywhere in this country small business problems are directly related 
whether it's an inability to pay tax, whether it's an inability to make a profit, whether it's you know about going bankrupt, are directly related to the domination of the economy and of the country by corporations. You go into any mega supermarket around the country and you will see the labels there and the shops there are basically corporate brands. And you know why? Well, it's very simple. It's a little bit like comparing the traditional taxi industry with the Uber taxi industry. The traditional taxi industry will never be able to compete against Uber as far as price is concerned because of all the government imposts on the traditional taxi industry. Licence fees, and the list goes on and on. Insurance. You just can't compete. And it's the same with small business. Corporate Australia, whether it's locally owned or overseas owned, pays voluntary taxation in this country. That's right, the voluntary taxation. And I'll say this again because it needs to be said every week because people need to understand how the jigsaw puzzle works, how you connect the dots, why certain sections of the community find themselves in a difficult situation and other sections of the community are doing extraordinarily well. Like the one million Australians who own a second house and get a tax deduction for owning a second house. But that's another story. That's another thing public interest before corporate interest is all about. So let's get back to this small business story. I know your eyes are glazing over. What's it got to do with me? Well, it's got a lot to do with you because small business tends to not only offer variety but in many regards is the only way of controlling the corporate sector, a viable competitive small business sector, the corporate sector in this country. Now, how can any small business, and that's why we've got an $18.5 billion debt, tax debt from small business, how can any small business compete? A small business that's paying, you know, 30% tax or 29.5% tax on any profit they make, any, any profit they make, how can they compete in terms of corporations that pay voluntary taxation? How can they compete against the Nexus Property Group, which owns $19 billion of real estate in this country, which pays around 5% tax? How can any media organisation compete against the Murdoch Juggernaut News Corporation and 21st Century Fox? Murdoch received an $886 million tax refund in 2013 because of a little bit of creating creative accountancy. While, Fox, while 21st Century Fox in this country pays 0.75% tax on its profits, IKEA pays 3% tax. Aldi pays an extraordinary low amount of tax. Google and Apple make a, you know, a science of tax evasion and tax minimisation. And the tragedy is this is done legally. L-E-G-A-L-L-Y. While the tax department is chasing $18.5 billion from the small business sector, who pay between you know, around 30% tax 
on profits. And they pay them in instalments every three months. And if you don't pay your instalment ahead of time, you've got problems because you're the type of person the tax office likes to push around because you don't have any fancy lawyers or fancy accountants you know, to protect you. Well, when the corporate sector, it comes to getting any tax out of these people, nothing ever seems to happen. And so you say to yourself, so what if corporate Australia, both overseas owned and locally owned, doesn't pay any tax? So what? Why are you so, you know, why are you so fixated on this? Well, it's very, very simple. We live in a supposedly civilised society where the state theoretically is there is to protect the individual, not just in terms of, you know, security, but help and protect the individual in terms of their existence. And what we've seen and what we are seeing is that there's never any money for public health care. There's never any money for public education. There's never any money for public resources. There never seems to be any money. And they're right. There isn't any money because corporate Australia isn't legally, is legally not paying any tax. Not only do they have the clever accountants and the clever lawyers, they also have legislation in place which allows them to continue to do business in this country, maximise their profits for their major shareholders, screw their workers, and hey, bingo. End of story. So this whole issue of putting public interest before corporate interest is central, central to the health of the country. Now, what we've seen since the 11th of November 1975 is issue-orientated politics. Issue-orientated. It's all about specific issues. There aren't any political movements left in this country that actually look at the whole picture. And that's what public interest before corporate interest is about. It's about looking at the whole picture. It's about saying enough is enough. It's about organising. It's about resisting the deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation, revolution. It's about tipping over the app, the corporate apple cart and ensuring there are apples for all, not just the corporations which are pushing the corporate apple, apple cart. That's what it's about. I mean, Australians have a particularly bad habit. You know, we're supposed to be larrikins and rebels. Bullshit. Australians have a particularly bad habit of leaving it to authority to resolve their issues. Australians, since the Second World War, especially since 1975, since 1975, have had a bad habit of leaving it to the experts, of putting 
their faith, not only in the corporate sector, but putting their faith in in the state and the government of the day to resolve their issues. They think, or a significant proportion of Australians think, all you've got to do is put your ballot into a box every three years and you've done your duty as a citizen. Well, obviously it doesn't work like that, does it? Because nothing ever seems to happen. All the gains that were made since the 3rd of December 1854 to the 11th of November 1975 have now been swept away. All those publicly owned assets, essential services, airports, airline, telecommunications, Commonwealth Bank, all sold, sold for a pittance. I mean, Commonwealth Bank shares got to over $100. They're down to about 82 currently. But they were sold for $2.67 by the Labor government. That's right, the Hawke-Keating Labor government. And the list goes on and on and on about all these privatised assets. We now have governments which are trying to privatise what's left of the public education sector. They're trying to privatise what's left of the public health sector. They have privatised the so-called welfare sector where privately owned corporations, you know, run the welfare sector on behalf of the government. They've privatised, you know, the old employment agencies, the government employment agencies, which was attached to Centrelink. That all goes to private corporations. And what what are we seeing? Very little. So getting back to the essential question, do you want to put public interest before corporate interests? Are you just going to sit there, sit there waiting for death? on a day-to-day basis. You're just going to sit there waiting, waiting, waiting for something to happen. Nothing happens. History teaches you the future belongs to the daring. The future belongs to those who take risks. The future belongs to those who are willing to put one foot before another foot. So I encourage you, to look at the uh, events that public interest before corporate interests has been organising, look at the organisation, go to the website, pibci.net, very simple, pibci.net, go to their Facebook page, public interest before corporate interests, have a look at their membership form. If you're in the north of the... It doesn't matter where you are in Australia. We are looking for people to join public interest before corporate interest. Because otherwise, I and many other people involved in this organisation can see no other solution. We are the people we've been waiting for. You can no longer rely on the government of the day or other political parties, especially those that are issue-orientated, to do anything at the, about the situation. So the next PIBC public meeting is at 1.30pm to 3.30pm on Sunday the 26th of July at the Jica Jica Community Centre in the Small Hall at the corner of Plant and Union Street, Northcote, opposite West Garth Station. Very simple. Turn up. I mean, uh, hopefully there's a few picnics in the offering in the next few weeks and also other public meetings, but... As I keep saying, it's really up to you. 
I mean, public interest before corporate interest can only do so much. We don't just want to be another, you know, top-heavy organisation. This is about people who are interested in these ideas initiating a public meeting, initiating a picnic, initiating some type of gathering in their neck of the woods, getting a branch started. We've got a Frankston branch. I'm hoping after the Hastings public meeting on Sunday we should have a Hastings branch in regional Victoria soon and uh, hopefully we'll have a Carlton branch in the very near future. So obviously we need branches across the country. Although we've got members in a number of states, we need members from across the country. So if you are interested in the ideas, if you want to be involved in a dynamic organisation with interesting people, and that's the key word, very interesting people who've had enough, who are willing to put public interest before corporate interest, go to the website, Go to the Facebook page, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, the website, pipsy.net, download the application form. Well, if you can't download the application form, don't despair. You can always leave a message on 0439 395 489, 0439 395 489, and uh, we will send you some application forms. Uh, You can uh, write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. But don't look around. You know, you think, oh, this is a good idea. Don't look around and expect somebody else to join. You want to be part of this dynamic organisation that uses non-violent direct action as well as electoral politics to promote the public interest before corporate interest. Well, now's the time. Now is the time. Now let's move on. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3CR dot org dot au difficult isn't it and the greek people are beginning to realize how difficult it is to extricate yourself from a globalized system how difficult it is to extricate yourself from a globalized system and how Unless you are willing to take the plunge, you will be indebted for eternity. And that's the key word, eternity. So it is an interesting situation as we see the Greek situation develop. Whether the Greek people accept what's happened is still up for debate. Obviously, people are frightened about what would happen if the if the monetary system collapses. But you know, things collapse, things regrow. Just look at Argentina, which refused to pay its debts, went out on its own about thirty years ago. Hasn't looked back. So it's the same situation across the globe. The same forces that are at play here are at play across the globe because. That's what globalisation is all about. It's about allowing unaccountable corporations to dominate the economic marketplace so that only their interests, their interest and their interests alone is what drives economic development. And we're told there's no options, there's no choice. There's always options. There's always choices 
The Roman Empire may have lasted a thousand years, but it finally disintegrated. There's always choices. And initially there may be difficulty, but in time you'll find that if you make that choice to break away from the corporate sector, to stare them in the face, you will find that life will improve for many, many, many people, not just in this country, but around the world. But again, it takes people taking action. As we said before, we are the people we've been waiting for. Now, I can talk to the cows come home this evening to be milked. I can talk to the next winter solstice. I can talk for the next 25 years. I can get phone calls and emails saying, wow, what a good program. But that's meaningless. It really is meaningless. The only thing that these people fear is people getting organised and reclaiming their birthrights. That's what they fear. That's what they can't handle. They can't handle people taking action. Not just voting every three to four years, but actually taking action. They can't handle that because they have no way, apart from the indiscriminate use of force, to actually deal with the situation. Look at the Resist Murdoch's Minions campaign we've now been conducting for almost two years. I mean, when we arrive there, I think it'll be the 7th of August will be the next one, which is the first, uh, the last, the first Friday in uh, August. 7th of August, we'll meet at Federation Square in Melbourne, 11.30, march down the Herald and Weekly Times building. There'll be the usual, you know, toing and throwing. We'll be there. Security will be there. Victoria Police will be there. But the important thing, isn't it interesting? How the state's organisations, whether it's the legal sector, whether it's the uh, the police, whether it's the armed forces, they're always there to protect the interests of the state before the interests of the people. Isn't that extraordinary? It doesn't matter how just your cause is. It always seems to be that the government of the day, the legal system, the police, are all there to ensure the status quo continues. And that's why they cannot deal with people taking non-violent direct action. They cannot deal with it because what we are doing is standing up to them and saying, you may have authority, but we have FX and morality on our side. You can use your force to disperse us, but all that will do is... All that will do is demonstrate to people that your authority is based on the use of naked force, not based on discussion, not based on respect, but the use of naked force. And that's what we see on a daily basis, on a daily basis in this country. And the thing is, it doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to live in a country where 33% of people live on Social Security benefits, which don't even you know, meet 
you know, basic living standards. We don't have to live in a country where you've got to have two or three jobs, part-times, insecure jobs, in order to survive. You don't have to live in a country where, you know, if you can't afford private health insurance, which is subsidised to the tune of $5 billion by the Australian taxpayer, isn't it extraordinary? 40, 60% of Australians subsidise the private insurance costs of 40% of Australians who have the disposable income to buy private insurance. Isn't it extraordinary? And if you've got private insurance, and the reason people take out private insurance, and I understand this, I've got no problems with people taking out private insurance. Like, I've got no problems with people going out, to, you know, going to private schools as long as they pay the full amount. Why should the Australian taxpayer have to subsidise privately run schools? Why should the Australian taxpayer have to subsidise the mining industry for a fuel, a diesel rebate? Why do we have to subsidise so many privately owned corporations in this country? Not only don't they pay tax, they're also to a large degree, subsidised and protected and protected from any legal action or legal retribution. Just extraordinary. Just extraordinary. So, what I am saying is now is the time to do something. I mean... I'll give an analogy. This is, this is a good analogy. Most of us are fluff. That's right. You know the fluff you get on your clothes and you brush it off? I mean, those in authority, those who exercise power, those who own the means of production, distribution, exchange, communication, think we're just fluff. You know? Just fluff. And individually, we are fluff. It doesn't matter what I say on this program. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter, you know, what legal action you take. It doesn't matter how many letters you write to a government official. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Because individually, we are just fluff. And what do you do with fluff? You flick it off in the morning. You see that little piece of fluff on your coat? You just flick it off and down, down, down it falls onto the ground. But if there's enough fluff on a suit, you throw the suit away because you can't get rid of it. And that's what organisation is about. It's about making life so difficult for them in demanding they justify themselves that they have to give, they have to bend. And that's what action is about. That's what mass action is about. Individual fluff, not a problem. Tons of fluff on a suit, end of suit. You just can't get it off. And that's a dilemma in this country. A depoliticised country. You know, that's them. And then when we have a the stirrings, the stirrings of resistance. It's always the same, isn't it? It's the other. It's that gay bloke down the road. It's all those gays that are the problem. 
It's all those Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders that are the problem, you know, with their hands out, you know, wanting welfare. It's all those asylum seekers and refugees that are the problem. It's that family down the road that dresses differently or that family up the road that, you know, has got a different colour. Well, that's, that's, that's what people seem to forget. That is not the issue. Divide and rule. That is not the issue. The central issue is who exercises power and for what reason they exercise power. Because, you, you see, your sexual orientation and your gender and your race and the language you speak and where you come from and where you were born, it doesn't mean much to people who acquire their wealth by exploiting you and your children and their children. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter to them. And that's why it's important that although there are differences, that we accept these differences and actually turn our attention to the issues and the people that are creating problems we don't need to have in this country. Let's look at housing. I'll look at it once again because we do this ad nauseum and, you know, broadcasting is about repetition. And it's about repetition until it becomes a major public issue and the debate is expanded. It's about expanding that debate because the debate in this country is always contracted. It always revolves around the Prime Minister and the opposition leader and the corporate corporations and their CEOs. It always revolves around them. It never revolves around what's actually happening in the communities, it, unless there's some type of crisis, you know, like the ice epidemic. Then people are forced to look at it. So it's always about something else. It's never about the main game, about the main issue, and the reasons we find ourselves, or an increasing number of Australians, find themselves in this situation. And when you've got political parties who are elected ad nauseum and re-elected ad nauseum time after time, decade after decade, for the last 100 and, was 115 years since Federation, you begin to understand how huge the dilemma is, how huge the problem is to get people to move away from... Orthodox politics. But when you've got the media on your side, when you geld the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, as we just recently see, just another example of Q&A, put them in the political basket, get the board, you know, to put them in the political division, the politics division of the ABC. You know why they want to do that? Well, it's very simple. Then there are all these rules and regulations which stop scum like you and me from actually appearing on Q&A. You know, because you give 52% of the time to the government, 48%, you know, 44% to the opposition, 5% to the Greens, and everybody else makes do with nothing. That's what that's about. So getting back to what we were saying, it really is a matter of organising resistance. It's easy to say, difficult to do. And it's difficult to do in a consumer-orientated culture, in a culture where 
debt is everything. It's very difficult to do. Because most people are spending much of their time trying you know, to make enough money to keep up with their uh, lifestyles, their latest consumer lifestyles. That's what it seems to be about on a day-to-day basis. And so, and that's not good enough, there's all these sporting ventures and all these cultural ventures and all these markets and all these festivals to take our mind away from the main game on a daily basis. You know, take our mind away from the main game. Leave politics to the experts. You like that? Leave business to the experts. Leave economics to the experts and see what happens. And when something happens, well, it's the fault of the individual. It's got nothing to do with the community. It's got nothing to do with the type of society we live in. For example, the uh, current Royal Commission into Family Violence. I was interested in hearing, you know, I supported 100%, I was interested in hearing that it doesn't have the jurisdiction, it doesn't have to look at the causes of family violence. That's interesting, isn't it? It doesn't have that jurisdiction. Fascinating. I mean, family violence? It's a public health issue. Is it a criminal issue? Is it a public health issue? Is it something else? If you don't look at the causes, how are you going to find solutions to the issue? What, just another Royal Commission? Well, let's see. Let's see how it pans out. Let's see... The reports, and while talking about royal commissions, I'm always fascinated that there never seem to be royal commissions which actually look at the activities of those sections of society that exercise power. We've noticed this royal commission in trade unions, which has been going on now for ad nauseum, you know, ad nauseum. But where's the royal commission into the links between? the honoured society, the mafia, the Calabrian mafia, and Liberal Party fundraising activities. Where's the Royal Commission into the Howard government's decision to allow a major mafia figure to reside in this country? Rares the Royal Commission to look at tax minimisation and tax evasion and tax avoidance in the corporate sector in this country. You won't see it. You won't see it while the Labour-Liberal coalition continues to be part you know, to continue to be the major political forces in this country. And you won't see it Because he or she who pays the piper calls the tune. So if you've got an opaque political donation system which allows large corporations to give money anonymously to their favourite 
political parties, I can assure you that when the discussion erupts in the public occasionally about the corporate sector paying their fair share of tax, that that type of discussion is shut down extremely quickly and replaced with some vacuous discussion about nothing in particular. Because that's the way it works. Look, you may think I'm a paranoid, you know, I'm paranoid. But ask yourself a few questions. Very simple. We are at a period in our history where the amount of money which goes into the pockets of employers and the amount of money which goes into the pockets of employees, the gap has never been greater. We are at a period in our history where the legal system basically has no power, exercises no power against people who can buy the best defence money can buy. No power. None whatsoever. Every day Every day, we can actually see what is going on. You get people, you know, saying, I've got, you know, look at the National Insurance Disability Scheme, how it's been sabotaged by the current Liberal National Party on a federal level. Look at what's happened to the Social Security Net, how the current government is cutting bigger and bigger holes in the net so more and more people fall through. And then look at the housing sector. And this is is important. I mean, most of us need some type of shelter. In a highly industrialised country, telecommunications is important and, you know, people need certain things in their homes. But what happens to an economy when over 50%, sometimes 60% of somebody's income and social security benefits is used to rent a one-bedroom hovel somewhere. And what happens when a family is saddled with a mortgage so large that they're going to have to pay 30 40 50% of their income as a family for the next 30 or 40 years in order to buy the roof over their heads. What happens when sections of the public housing are actually privatised? When we see public housing turned over to the private sector? When we see no funds allocated for public housing apart from emergency public housing? When we see people waiting 10 to 15 years to actually get their foot in a door of a public housing list? in any state across this country. And you can see how the whole thing is skewed because if people have to spend so much of their time and money and effort to keep a roof over their heads, there's really no other money for the economy. Just extraordinary. And then you have the extraordinary situation where you can't even use a small percentage of your superannuation to be used as a deposit for a house, because the difference between extreme poverty 
and an existence in old age is actually owning the house you live in. But we can't even free up a little bit of superannuation money to actually help people get a deposit and a foot into the housing market because maybe it would actually decrease housing prices. And then we have the ludicrous situation in this country where people who own a second home or a third or a fourth or a fifth or a hundred or two hundred, and this is what property tycoons are all about, can actually legally not pay any tax. It's called negative gearing. If you make a loss, you can claim it as a tax deduction. And how about all those people who borrow money to buy shares and then make a loss and claim that loss as tax deduction? Just and it's done all legally. Just extraordinary. Now I don't, as I said before, I don't believe in this one percent crap. I, I reckon ten to twenty, ten to fifteen percent of Australians are doing extremely well. These are the ones with the share portfolios. These are the million Australians with more than one homes. These are those who you know work in major corporations, getting extraordinary wages, saying. Everybody else needs to tighten their belt, saying we're sick of these welfare bludgers, you know, saying, you know, we've got to re- get rid of overtime payment, saying we need to remove regulation so that we can, you know, work as, you know, they're, they're, they're molecules at work, saying we need to pay less tax, and the list goes on and on. And these are the people who drive, drive the political, social, cultural agenda in this country. They drive that agenda. And when you get somebody who wants to raise some real issues, it's as if they don't exist. It's as if these issues don't exist beyond the pale, beyond current thinking. But they do exist. And every day, every day we see that tension that tension which is building up in the community, that tension which we now see in in increasing rates of interpersonal violence, whether it's it's in a home situation or in a public situation or in a work situation. We see that tension ratcheted up. We've seen that anger building in the community. And we've seen it on a daily basis. It's a little bit like putting all these rats under a dome and giving them a limited number of limited amount of food. You see what happens to the rats, they start eating each other. But we're not rats, we're human beings. We're not fluff on somebody's coat lapel. We are human beings. And as human beings have shown us time and time again through history, is that ultimate political authority rests in the hands of the people. It doesn't rest in the hands of the government of the day. It doesn't rest in the hands of the state. It doesn't rest in the hands of the military. It doesn't rest in the hands of the police force. Ultimate political authority in a democratic society rests in the hands of a people. And a people who are not willing to mobilise to protect their rights and liberties will lose every one of those rights and liberties, whether it's the liberty to free speech, whether it's the liberty to, you know, to elect your leaders, whereas the liberties to withdraw your labour, which has now been removed, and the list goes on and on. You've been listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the community radio, 
satellite. Now, if you're interested in esoteric court hearings, I'll be in the Supreme Court of Victoria on the July the 16th at 10.30am, court number 2436 Lonsdale Street. And it's Joseph Toscano versus the Magistrates Court of Victoria versus the Australian Electoral Commission and the Supreme Court of Victoria. So if you've got nothing to do, you're more than welcome to sit in the public gallery and see justice in action. Now, uh, I'm not willing to discuss this any further today, but uh, once the case is finished, I'll uh, talk about it. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in next week. The program has been podcast or is being podcast. You can access the podcast by, by going to 3cr.org.au. You can ring me on 0439 395 489. Go to the websites, anarchismedia.org, find out what's going on. Go to the Pipsy website, P-I-B-C-I dot net. You can write to us. Yes, we still answer letters. It's amazing how people who don't use the internet no longer exist. Just for your uh, information, 30% of all members of Pipsy don't use the internet. Isn't that interesting? And I would extrapolate to the general community, there must be at least one in four one in three that don't actually use it. So go to the website, annexmedia.org, pipsy.net, ring us on 0439 395 489, email us at yahoo.com or info at pibci.net. And you can always write to us at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. And if nothing's happening in your part of the world, Nothing is happening because you haven't organised it. So it doesn't take much to organise a picnic, organise a public meeting, organise a gathering. It's up to you. You can, you can be a carping consumer or an active citizen who reclaims their rights and actually has an impact on the political, social and cultural um, parts of our society. Remember, we're not fluff on a coat. We're more than fluff. When there's a lot of fluff on a suit, it destroys that suit. And that's what we want to be on the Anarchist World this week. Listen in next week on your local community radio station. That's it, next week. And if your local community radio station doesn't broadcast the Anarchist World this week, we'll ask them why not. Talk to them. Ring up Q&A, say, why isn't the Anarchist World this week on Q&A? You've got those extremists from the Institute of Public Affairs there every week. Isn't it about time you had extremists from the Anarchist Media Institute there? That's the way it should be. Ring us up, uh, 0439 395 489. Email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Info at pipsy.net. Write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Listen in to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station via the Community Radio Network. Minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed
Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow, Slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Yeah.